200 grams of whole wheat spaghetti, 500 grams of minced meat, half pork and half beef, basil, three chopped onions, four clove of garlic, simmer for one and a half to two hours and serve with Parmesan cheese. And that is how you make a spaghetti bolognese, according to Jamie's 15-minute meals. Now, (laughs) why did I just read a recipe from Jamie's 15-minute meal book? I will tell you, audience. A recipe prepares us. This is this is distracting my folder. A recipe prepares us to make a meal, just like Jamie's 15-minute meals prepares us to make a bolognese. So does rugby training during the week prepare us to play rugby that weekend. So does a musical score prepare us to play a musical piece. Now, as Christians, wouldn't it suck? if we had no idea of knowing how to live like a Christian. You know, you become a Christian, you put your trust in Jesus, and you're ready to live out that life for God. But you have absolutely no idea what to do. That would suck. Well, fortunately, that's not the case. We have God's very words, the Bible, to do that very thing, to prepare us for godly lives. So the big point of tonight is that we need to be prepared to live the Christian life. So before we dive into the passage there, I'm just going to quickly pray for us. Father, thank you for youth. Thank you that we can come here. We can have a good time. Um, But above that, Father, thank you uh, that we can come here and learn more about you. Um, Father, please may we not be distracted tonight. Please, um, yeah, may we listen to your very words. Um, May they shape us and may they make us become more like your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Cool. So before I go into tonight's passage, I'm just going to quickly recap from last week's passage, because I think that'll be very important in helping us make more sense of this week's passage. So last week, we learned about we are in the terrible times. The last days are described as terrible times, and the last days are the times we're living in. And why are they terrible times? They're terrible times because... People are putting their love in the wrong direction, in themselves, in self-interest, and they're not putting their love in the right direction, in God. And the reason that this is really important for us to hear is because society is going to tell us that is the very thing we need to do. If there's a problem with your life, it's probably because you're not loving yourself. That's what society is going to tell us. Just focus on loving you. You worry about you. Just love you. Yet the Bible says that that's the very thing that we should run from. That's the very thing that we shouldn't do. Uh, Romans 12 and James 4.4 4 should come up on the screen. Yes. So, so Romans 12.1-2 tells us not to live the way the world lives. Instead, if you're a Christian, live the way that you're meant to live, like a Christian. And James 4.4 4 says... We can't have it both ways. If we're a Christian, we can't have one foot in the world and we can't have the other foot like a Christian. You either have one or the other. You either love the world and hate God or the opposite. You can't have it both ways. Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy with God. And so, with all these terrible things happening, uh, with these terrible times... 
we need to prepare ourselves to live godly lives. So that brings me to point number one, which is we need to be prepared to live godly lives. And why? Should come up on the screen. Sick. So God's preparing us for the Christian life. But why? Because Christians will be persecuted. Have a look at verse 12 with me. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Paul couldn't have been clearer here if he tried to when he wrote this verse. Basically, when we sign up to be a Christian, we sign up to do the hard stuff and the easy stuff. You can't sign up for something and then only want some of what you signed up for. But before I unpack verse 12 more, let's look at the verses before that and see what they're saying. We'll see with verses 10 and 11, we see a huge contrast from last week's passage. Last week's passage, Paul gave this huge list of ungodly characteristics, and now we get this list of godly characteristics. Have a read of verse 10 and 11 with me. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. And so it's likely that Paul included this in his letter to Timothy as a reminder and as an example that persecution is just a part of the Christian life. Timothy would have been with Paul at the time in these places, and this would have triggered his memory when reading this letter. And he would have remembered, yeah, I do remember Paul being persecuted in these places. I do remember Paul suffering for the sake of the gospel. And I also remember Paul enduring these things and that the Lord did rescue him from all of them. And so Paul is a prime example of someone who gets the gospel and is willing to suffer for the sake of the gospel because he knew when he signed up to be a Christian that that is also what you sign up for. Wouldn't it suck to sign up for something that you didn't really know what you signed up for? So, a couple months ago, I got asked to be a photographer at um, this mid-year dance concert that's here next July, I think, um, next month. And so um, they just asked me, Will, do you want to be a photographer at this mid-year dance concert? And I said, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we'll even give you $100. And I was like, sick, sign me up. Um, and so that's something that's happening. I'm actually doing that. But imagine, imagine for a second here, it didn't quite go like that. Instead, it went something like, hey, Will, do you mind helping out and being involved in this dance concert that I'm running in July? Um, and I just said, yeah, sure, that's fine. Yeah, we'll even pay you $100. I'd be like, sick, where do I sign? Um, and they whip out some piece of paper, I sign it at the bottom, and that's that. And we fast forward to July, and I'm at this dance concert. And I've just kind of been chilling out for a while at this point, and I'm backstage. And all of a sudden, someone comes up to me and says, hey, so you ready to go on? And I'm like, what? Uh, just, they grab a dress out of nowhere. Yeah, just put this dress on. Um, you're going to be performing at the front in about five minutes. So uh, yeah, you've got five minutes to put that dress on. Cool. And I'm like, no, no, no. I didn't sign up to do this. But they say, Yes, this is exactly what you signed up for. 
They whip out that piece of paper that I signed, and it just so happens to say, we'll be wearing a dress, performing ballet in front of several hundred people. I'd be terrified. I don't know how to do ballet, let alone do it in front of several hundred people. That would suck. But this is the very thing I signed up to do. I can't back out. That's what I signed up for. I just didn't know I signed up for that. So you can see it would suck to sign up for something that you didn't know that you're signing up for. I don't know. Maybe I would do it for $100. I'm a poor student living out of home. I promise I'm not 12. So what do we apply from this point? When we sign up to be a Christian, we sign up for the hard stuff as well as the easy stuff. We've got to sign up for the whole thing when we decide to become a Christian. Now, that may not include getting stones thrown at us with the intention to be killed or being beaten up like Paul was in his day, in his context. So you might not think that you have anything to really worry about. But as Christians here at youth even... Persecution might involve something like saying no to worldly things. So saying no to that house party uh, where you might be tempted to drink and get drunk. Or bringing up the gospel in an awkward conversation or in an awkward situation. Or just facing public ridicule from society. And that's going to happen. As a society, we're going to grow more against Christianity. And so that is going to happen So the take-home message from this point is we have to put all that on board with us when we sign up to be a Christian. We sign up for the whole thing. And so if you're here and you're a Christian and you've just reminded yourself, this has just reminded you, or you've heard for the first time of this persecution, suffering thing, and you're thinking, oh, no, I can't do this. Like, this is not what I signed up for. I'm not. I'm just not able to even do this. I don't think I can do this. I'm not equipped to do this. Well, the good news is, is that we can do this. We're all equipped to do this, which brings us to my second point. God prepares us for the Christian life, but how? We just saw that God prepares us for the Christian life. Why? Because we will be persecuted, and it's not going to be easy. But how? How exactly does God prepare us for the Christian life? Well, let's look at the passage. Have a read from verse 14 to the end with me. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learnt it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Get this. All Scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, a Christian, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we see from here in this passage, God's Word does two things for us. One, it saves us. And two, it shapes us. I'll say it again. God's Word does two things for us. It saves us, and it shapes us. And we see this here in the passage with Timothy's life. God's word made Timothy wise for salvation, and it led him to put his trust in Christ Jesus, and he continued to learn more about God by being prepared by the gospel. 
So he equipped himself with the scriptures. And so they do two things. They shape us and save us. And so it made him wise for salvation. My folding nearly fell. And so just as Jamie's 15-minute meals makes us wise and equips us to cook a spaghetti bolognese, so does God's word prepare us to live out godly lives. Now, this illustration of the recipe book and God's word isn't perfect because I am comparing a recipe book to the word of God. And we do know that when someone who gets really good at cooking a meal, when they do get really good, they don't really need the recipe anymore. And they may even decide to go off script a little bit and add their own little things to God's word. Not God's word, the recipe. With God's word, never do that. Never do that. Why? Because that's exactly what false teaching is. Adding your own ideas, which aren't the truth, onto God's word, which is the truth. Just wanted to quickly clarify that. So bringing it back in this passage, though, God's word does two things for us. saves us and shapes us. And it does this only because they are God's very own words. And this is why I find it crazy. This is why it astonishes me when people say they can't read the Bible because it's boring. Or they don't want to read the Bible because they find it boring. What? These are the very words of the creator God of the universe. And they're for us. That's definitely not something that's boring. I can understand that sometimes you do wake up some mornings and you just don't feel like reading the Bible. And that the Bible does take some applying yourself to kind of understand what it's saying. And so that is normal. But also know that it's so worth it to just do it anyway. And I know this from personal experience. I can say I don't wake up every morning and think I can't wait to get into the Word of God. I just don't do that every morning. And that's normal. But what I do also know is that it's so worth it to do that. And so know that the Word of God does equip us to live godly lives. And I've seen after I've read the Bible after a morning when I haven't really felt like reading the Bible, I've seen it shape me afterwards, and I've seen that it has equipped me to be able to live more like Jesus that day. And so know how worth it it is. So what's the take-home message for us here? We should be so keen to get into God's Word all the time. Every morning when we do wake up, we should be wanting to spend time with God in His Word because that's how God talks to us through His Word. If being a Christian is having a relationship with God, well then, like any relationship, it requires communication. And so if you're a Christian and you're not reading God's Word, you're not engaging in your relationship with God. And I don't know about you guys, but it would suck to have a relationship that has no communication. Imagine for a second, never ever talking to your family, ever. Never having talked to your friends before. That would be a terrible relationship because there's no communication. Well, it's the exact same with your relationship with God. It's no different. And so as I mentioned earlier, if you are a Christian and you're not reading God's word, That is a dangerous place to be in. 
because the less time you spend with God in his word, the less you're reminding yourself of God's grace, the less you're reminding yourself of God's goodness and letting that shape and motivate how you live. The less you're reminding yourself of what Jesus did for us on the cross, die for our sins. And these are the very things that we need to remind ourselves of daily. And so the less we read God's word, the more apathetic we become. And so the less we just care about how we live as Christians. And that's where it starts to get really dangerous. Because that's where you just start to fall away from God and are no longer living like a Christian at all. Or what's even worse, in my opinion, is turning into a fake Christian because you're not caring about how you live. And now that's someone who was described in last week's passage as someone who has the appearance of godliness, but really in their heart, they don't care for this Christian stuff at all. They just want to live it the way they want to live. And so if that's you, you might be coming to youth and coming to church, you might be ticking those Christian boxes by coming to youth and coming to church and saying the right things there so that people won't be worried about your faith and people won't be talking to you about it. And so you might be tricking leaders and your Christian mates, but you can't trick God. He sees all your thoughts and deeds and actions. And that same person may also want to make choices whilst at the same time doing this whole church thing. They may also think, Maybe I will go to that house party and get drunk. Maybe I will date that non-Christian and that leads to bad stuff. Maybe I'll go on those sites I shouldn't go on and that leads to bad habits. And this all starts from just not reading the Bible regularly. So if that's you, just stop. Stop what you're doing. Turn from that and turn to God because we all so desperately need God. And I just don't know this because it's in the Bible. I know this from personal experience. When I was roughly your age, when I went to youth as a youth kid, I went from year 7 to year 12, did the whole thing. But I didn't become a Christian until year 11. And so before then, I was living the fake Christian life. I was going to youth, ticking those boxes, looking like I'm a Christian. But in my heart, I want to live the non-Christian life. I want to live the way I want to live. I didn't care for this Christian thing at all. But because I was going to youth, I was tricking people. And so I know it's easy to do it. But stop. Turn from that and trust in God. Come to him on your knees, praying, repenting, and come to him in his word. Equip yourselves to become more like Jesus. If you are a Christian and you are reading God's word, great. That's really good. But, Ask yourself, when you read the Word, is it shaping you? Or instead, are you just reading the Word, the Bible, and instead you're reading it to tick that Christian box of, I've read the Bible today, now I can just go ahead and go on with my day and just forget about what I read. If that's you, you need to read the Bible a lot differently. You need to let it shape you. And so a couple of tips when reading the Bible... Ask questions when reading a passage, such as, what does this passage tell me about God? What does this tell me about ourselves, about mankind? How does this point to Jesus? What can I apply to my life from this passage? And what are some things I can pray for from this passage? 
And these are things that should help actually shape you and help you actually think about how to live more like Jesus. And so the take-home message, we need to fight the good fight like Paul has, like he mentions in this same letter, and run the race. And so these are the things we need to do because fighting the good fight and running the race are the very things that is living the Christian life. And so the only way we can be doing that is actually by reading the Word consistently. You get told by your leaders all the time to be reading the Bible and it probably gets boring to you. But this is why you need to because it's so incredibly important to do it. So this weekend... Just pick up your Bible in the morning. Create a routine. That's what I do. A routine helps so much. And just pray before and after you read the Word. Come to Him every morning, every day, whenever, really. And just read God's Word. And that will thoroughly equip you for every good work. So I'm going to pray that we're actually going to be doing that. Father God, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You that it has the power to save and to change lives. Um, Father, please um, yeah, convict people tonight, people who have been living with both of them, partly in the world, but partly in you. Um, yeah, convict them to turn from that and put their trust fully in you. Father, please um, yeah, shape us through your word every day that we would become more like your son Jesus and we would glorify you. In his name we pray. Amen.